And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint. Starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. You're listening to The After Show, the bonus episode series for On Tour with Brian Ray. This is a production of iHeartRadio and Black Barrel Media, and I'm your host, Mandy Wimmer. In The After Show, we dive a little deeper into Brian's thoughts about certain parts of the interviews, as well as expound a bit more on his own experiences on tour. In this episode, we covered a little bit of everything. Why Eva's famous father, Kim Gardner, may not have wanted her to follow in his footsteps. And Brian's advice for kids passionate about the music industry on taking the opportunity or finishing school. As well as how important it is to read music. 
We get into how musicians have the uncanny ability to compartmentalize on stage when dealing with something traumatic offstage, the importance of bonding with your band offstage, and dive a little deeper into just how it was possible for Eva to get her head stuck in the bass drum. Here's my conversation with Brian Ray. Good afternoon, Brian. Here we are. Episode five, which I actually think I said episode five last time, but today is the real episode five after show. real episode five. (laughs) We talked to Eva Gardner um, this week, the basis for Pink. And I got to say, I mean, Eva, super, super talented, very grounded, very impressive person. I just, I really enjoyed her. I agree. Yeah, she's rare and wonderful and what a story and what a great record of success yeah and you you've known eva i mean you've known her family forever which i thought was really cool so kim gardner her her dad who was a big part of the british invasion uh you how did you even how'd you know him well i think we first met uh at his pub called the cat and fiddle pub which was initially uh stationed up in laurel canyon at where Pache, that restaurant is, where we've oh, been together. yes, I love that restaurant. That's where the Cat and Fiddle originally really? was, under the Laurel Canyon Market. Okay. The famous only market in Laurel Canyon. Wow. It's under there, and that's a very old building from the turn of the last century. And that's not where it is now, then? No, it is not. It has moved a few times since then. But anyway, I used to go to that pub because I used to like pubs. And, uh, <laughs> we don't, know. Don't, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I drank them dry. No. <laughs> And now uh, I don't do the pubs very often, except to visit Eva and her mom. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's where I met Kim Gardner. And he was, he couldn't be a better host. Uh, You know, he'd be back there behind the bar, pulling pints, cracking jokes. He was a very fun, renegade, sort of seemed very youthful, uh, middle-aged rocker, you know. And uh, yes, his story is fantastic. Uh, you know, he, he started out with a band called The Creation, mm-hmm. who are probably some of the progenitors of garage rock from the Br- British Invasion time. Right. And uh, he went on to be in the British version of The Birds, right. spelled B-I-R-D-S, yes. with Ron Wood. Um, but as a member of both of those bands, I mean, he really cut a path for everybody. It was a, a style of music that wasn't dependent on the adult's producing them and making them manicured. They were very raw and real, and they their music stands up so well as a result of that. Right, right. Well, yeah, no, obviously I wasn't as familiar with, with Kim as I am with Eva, actually. Yeah. But, you know, it sounds like he's got a pretty impressive story. Now, tell me, how does Valentino work into here? Something about they lived at the villa, which was a Valentino estate or something. I didn't, I wasn't quite tracking. Ah, uh, yes. So... Soon after meeting him at the pub, I learned that he also was uh, one of the renters in this apartment unit, this apartment building, I should say, called Villa Valentino up on Highland Boulevard, a couple blocks from the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. And uh, among other luminaries who lived there was my old friend who I'd gone to junior high and high school with, with whom I was in one of my earliest successful uh, signed bands 
uh, Katie Seagal. Katie's married with children, Katie Seagal. Yes, and about six other incredibly <laughs> successful franchise series yes, that she's Yes, I loved that show. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely woman. I, I hear that she mentioned me on a recent podcast interview with Mark Maron. So. Oh, cool. Uh, anyway, back to that. Katie Seagal was living at Villa Valentino, right sort of next to where uh, Paula and Kim Gardner were living uh, before before Eva was even born. And so it was a real family scenario. And there was like Melrose Place <laughs> of musicians and artists right, and, right. and writers. And I would imagine that that Villa Valentino has served as a home for artists and such ever since it was built. It right. was initially built by Rudolph Valentino, hence the name Villa Valentino. Right. As I think guest homes for some of his quote unquote friends, mm. most of them female. Mm, okay. So yes. we'll leave that to your imagination. Is this like a Playboy Mansion sort of a complex? Uh, yes. Picture Playboy <laughs> Mansion with everyone having their own apartment <laughs> rather than one big mansion. Yeah. It's a lovely, lovely place. Anyway, uh, they all lived there. And it became quite a family, a lot of sharing of music and ideas and passing joints and just having a great time together. Um, lovely, lovely time. Very cool. So Kim being the party animal, it sounds like he may have been. Uh, um, he may have been. <laughs> so rightfully so, Eva talks a lot about how her dad was not supportive of her going into the music mm. industry. And uh, with his background, I can kind of see why he had three girls. Eva, this is cutting room floor material, but Eva has two sisters that I believe were twins. And Eva, and Eva says that she is the one of the three of them that really wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps a little bit, loved music, loved guitar, and he was not having it. That mm. Andy Johns taught her to play and uh, he didn't want any part of it. I and mean, he finally ends up coming around, but knowing, I guess, Kim, how you did, and do you have any take on maybe why he didn't want Eva to be in the music industry? And then second part to that question would be, how would you advise young kids today? You know, right. if they have a really big passion for music. I mean, you, you've been through the industry. What would you say to people? Well, I'll take both parts of that. I'll, I'll take the second part of that first, because that's the most recent thing you've asked me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess for kids... You know, for me and for Eva, it it really comes down to desire. Right. Like, I didn't have a choice. Right. I was just feeling it. It was down in my bones. It was rushing through my blood. The very first time I heard rock and roll, um, as I've said before, uh, as a result of having this amazing musical half-sister, Jean, who is 15 years my elder. Right. Anyway, in her case... She's raised around it with her dad being a rock star or, uh, you know, the storied career of a man who had been a rock star. By this time, he was more of a pub owner by the time she was born. In any case, uh, I, I think that if a, if a young kid shows desire and determination and that sort of that X factor of I have to do it, it's just in me and I've got to do it, that hunger, that desire then all bets are off. I, I think it's a great path. And you know what? Music could use more hungry, desirous, 
uh, young blood coming in, and especially rock and roll that is so vital and it was so important to so many people. And it's a little bit of a dying language like yeah. like Latin is, you know. Right. It's a little bit like jazz. In other words, there are other kinds of music that have taken over, uh, other kinds of other styles of music that have taken over. But back to the first part of your question. When I think about Eva's story with her dad, Kim, I mean, I, I, I got the feeling from her, and maybe I'm mistaken, that it hurt her feelings that her dad wasn't more supportive. Right. I got that feeling as well. And I, I think I remember saying in the moment, well, it sounds to me like he was just being protective of you because right. yeah. you're his little Eva. Mm, right. And right. well, and then you sort of extrapolate, go forward from that. And you just think, well, what was Kim like as a young kid? <laughs> and he can only project onto her what would it be like for her to be anywhere close to what he was like? And it would be a disaster for a parent to think, oh, she's out there going to the pubs, acting like a clown, you know, <laughs> and being a bit irresponsible and all of the stuff that comes along with that. Right. Of course, 1964, 65 was a very different time. Right, of course. So I would just think that more than anything, if I were Eva, I would look at it again and go, that was my dad protecting me. That was right. my dad wanting a better future for me than he had himself. Right. Know? Well, she's managed to create quite an amazing future for herself no in, <laughs> in rock and roll. I mean, yeah. playing with Cher and Gwen Stefani and Moby and now Pink for over a decade. Yeah, I mean, right? it's a pretty impressive resume that she's created for yeah. herself. So uh, that's it's very interesting. And I, one thing I also think uh, that it maybe goes a little bit to what we just talked about, but kids leaving school to go be in bands. That happened all the time when you were growing up. I mean, you left school. Almost every person that we talked to, we've talked to in season one has gotten opportunities and left school yeah. or just knew that that's what they wanted to do. Even if they didn't have the big opportunity yet, that's the path that yeah. they were going to take. And they did not continue pursuing school beyond high school. Some of them left in the middle of high school. Eva, however, got opportunities while in high school from the Wallflowers, which right, is a huge band. Right, Jacob Dylan's band. Exactly. Yeah. And she said no. Uh, she went on to even go to the ethnomusicology class. At, I think it was L.A. County Music School. Um, so she, you know, not only said no to that, but then she went on to further her education. Right. Uh, you know, and then you know, I guess just trusting that the opportunities would be there. I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I would have made that same decision. I took multiple leaves of absence for, from school to do various jobs and ended up finally finishing. But uh, I mean, what would? And clearly, we know you didn't continue on with school. You left right. to go be the musical director for Etta James. But what would you advise kids now? I mean, we're talking about how we need a, another generation of rockers, right? You know, I mean, we need to keep that rock and roll going. But when you have that opportunity, do you stay or do you go? Ooh. <laughs> hey, that sounds like a song title. Mm. Mm. <laughs> totally original. Oh, my God. You're blushing right now. Everyone out there, I just want you to know, this is what Mandy looks like when she's blessing. Because I had no clue I was going to say that. It was yeah. totally spontaneous. Well, it, it's a really good question. And I think that <clears throat> it's a really good question. And I think that, um, again, it goes back to desire because you've got to want it so badly and show a real acumen for it and talent for it, you know, just in you to make up for uh 
maybe the lack of knowledge. Now, I would also say that the kind of music that I wanted to make isn't as popular now as it was then. Right, right. Yeah, Where this time. was band-oriented, artist-oriented, songwriter-oriented. Now it's more producer-oriented. And those producers, they don't need many musicians. They do it all on a computer. Oh, yeah. Pop music. Digital's taken uh, over, yeah. You know, pop music, hip-hop, if that's even still a word. Yeah. <laughs> if hip-hop is I don't know. Is, is it? Even, Let us know out there yeah, if you're listening. Yeah, really. Do those kids still call it hip-hop? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, I can only guess with Eva. I kind of think that she did a calculation in her mind that mm-hmm. she might be running at a slight disadvantage, as she may have seen it, being a woman trying to break mm-hmm. into a young okay. woman breaking into a successful career. And wouldn't she need just a few more arrows in the quiver mm-hmm. rather than just plain old good desire and a rock and roll spirit? She had that in spades, but she probably said, I think I could be more um, of a hot property if right. I knew a bunch too. Well, and that goes into reading music. I mean, she yeah. went to college and uh, and she did or went went on to ethnomusicology school. And I just like saying that word now because I figured out how to say it. So I may say I may, I may get it in here a few more it's times. It's a very musical <laughs> phrase. Ethnomusicology. <laughs> um, so you have to listen to the episode to hear exactly what that is. Because I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to mess that up. But um, she got a no from that school the first time she auditioned and uh and it was interesting because she couldn't read music Mm. and most big musicians these days not maybe not most a lot of them you paul mccartney you know to name a couple don't read music right um so how is that how is that so important now i mean obviously you talk you even talk about how paul mccartney composes how do you compose and not read music i mean how does how does all of that how does it work well, in the case of Paul, my experience of him in the studio is is that he hears ideas. He right. hears them in his very melodic, very musical, very producer-oriented, arranger-oriented imagination. He right. hears them, and he just goes out and does it yeah. on whatever instrument. He right. plays all the instruments. And in, in my case, I still want to write the music that moved me as a teenager. That's right. what I'm into. I'm right. into garage rock, early rock and roll rock and soul and soul music. That's what I'm into. It's what moves me and I don't really uh, miss any other elements. Now, these days, I think that kids, uh, it doesn't hurt to have an education as well. Um, And in Eva's choice, I think she made a really smart calculation to go and do that because look at her. Look at who she's played with. Now, I don't know how many times she's needed her reading chops to do that, but it couldn't hurt. So when you create an original song, then you do basically the the same thing that you just talked about with Paul, the same process that you just talked about. You don't ever actually need sheet music for that song. So there's no no. no need to have to, you know, delineate it in that way for you. Okay, got it. it. Yeah, I understand how that's hard for people to understand. So it's a great question because I think a lot of people just wonder how how is music made? Like what the heck happens in there? And so if you are on stage with Paul or or whomever and someone says, we need more of a B flat or a middle C, I mean, do you guys know what those notes are? Oh, of course, Like to hear them, but you just, okay. You know where they are on your guitar or your piano, yes. Got it. But um, so I did read music. As a kid, I did recitals 
um, on piano. And uh, so to do that, you have to learn to read music. You're playing sheet music in front of people with a little suit on, on a stage. You with a suit on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, don't laugh. I, I, I clean up pretty good. You know? <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, but what I wanted to do on piano was learn to play boogie woogie. I wanted to be right. Jerry Lee Lewis. Right, right. And they wanted me to be like, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know you know, Brahms or something else. <laughs> I, I wasn't very interested in that. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com with the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. 
Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at cheapcaribbean.com. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn right now and talk about being able to compartmentalize on stage. You and Eva had a really, really touching moment in this interview where I don't even know if you guys both both realized that you shared such common ground on a very, very sad topic. And that is that both of your fathers died while you were on tour. Yeah. And, you know, and, and her, it turned out that it was her first tour. So, I mean, that's the first, I mean, all these new experiences for her when she's first going out and her father, you know, is finally on board with her dream to be a musician. And then he's dying as she's leaving and she, and he ultimately dies. She had to go on that tour, continue playing, of course, you know, away from home. She's, her family's not there to support her. You had to do very similar that you had a show that night when you found out that your father died and that night you were playing a show with Johnny Holiday. Yeah. Uh, How do you do that? I mean, you've got to imagine that musicians are not machines, right? I mean, things happen. You have a bad phone call before you go on stage. I mean, you find out, you know, something like a death and you've got to go play. How do you how do you do that? How do you actually compartmentalize that? You know, it, it's it's a good question. I um, in the case of my father's passing, it was the summer of 1999, uh, and I think I was expecting that he would pass while I was on tour. And when I said goodbye to go on tour, and he and I were very close by this time, mm-hmm. we had really patched things up. And then some. And I'm very, very grateful for that. That's a story for another time. But uh, I uh, was nonetheless gutted because you never expect that call. And yes, I did have a show. We were in uh, Monaco. And uh, we were playing the sporting club, which is like Richie Rich of the richest. Oh, man. And the, the ceiling retracts and you're... Now you're under the stars and the stage comes out as the ceiling retract. It's like black tie. Any other night, that would be very cool. <laughs> Any other night, that would be very cool. We were playing a week-long stand there, I believe. And it wasn't our first night playing. So there was a comfort level. And we'd already set up. We'd already done it once. So it wasn't like I have to go to a big, long sound check and then the gig. So now it's comfortable. There is no sound check plan. Um, I had learned about three hours before the actual downbeat of the show that my father had passed. And the band leaves the hotel on a bus together. Johnny Halliday is coming from a separate place, separately. And I chose to only tell a few people because I just didn't really think it was fair to other people to lay it on them right before we're supposed to go and rock out. Yeah, you know, totally. it's just a tough thing. But my, I made a call and that call was, I'll tell Abe, my Abe Jr., mm-hmm. the fabulous, amazing Abe Jr. Who you're still quite good friends with, obviously. Yes. So I elected to tell Abe, uh, we busted out a couple of Cuban cigars, mm-hmm. smoked them on the edge of the marina there in Monte Carlo, uh, as you do. And then <laughs> we went in, like 20 minutes before the show, everyone was very nervous because we were much later than the band bus because we went to smoke a cigar <laughs> and, 
and talk. And Abe couldn't have been a, a more lovely friend and ally, just great listener, just so sweet. And we, we got through that really well. And I, again, elected not to tell Johnny, not to tell the promoter, the producer of the show, any of the other musicians, just Abe and I knew. And I decided that I would use this as fuel to go play from my heart and soul in 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 a way that maybe you don't when you're in the routine of a tour. Right. I was calling upon something else. Um, I went out and uh, turned in a stormer, as they would say <laughs> in the biz, um, meaning that you you played a great show. And and the next night, when Johnny did find out the news, Johnny Halliday did find out the news that my father had passed and that I had played a show right after learning that. He was very very. Uh, sweet and and he says oh you played a great show last night <laughs> you know and he was just so kind and then as I've said before he gave me this amazing ring and we went out to dinner together and you know he really made something of that for me and and it continues to be a memory of when I look down at this very ring every time I look down um that reminds me of another thing Etta James when I was a little kid I remember asking her, how do you go on stage? Same question you asked me. How do you go on stage, Etta, after, you know, getting that brutal phone call I heard you on where someone's just giving it all and you're just mad and you're yelling and you have a cold and then you go out and you are funny and fun <laughs> and available and you sing your ass off. How in the hell do you do that? She goes, Brian, you know... You got to call on the warriors within you. Oh, that's amazing. And I just thought that yeah. was such a cool thing. And I kind of carry that with me. It's like you don't just come with your knowledge or your schooling, your education on music. You come with that, whatever that was that drove you to do something as crazy as pursue a life in music. But well, I guess that's kind of a, a good life lesson as well for anybody because everyone's got, you know, had a really horrible day and has a huge meeting. You know, you see, right. you know, the NFL players who have the best game of their life right after someone, you know, close to them passed. I mean, yeah. you, you in, in every walk of life, this is relevant, but um, just good advice from yeah. Dear Etta. Yeah, from Dear Etta. That's right. And while we're on Etta James... Another shocking part about this interview was that Etta babysat Eva. Right. I mean, how does that happen? So Etta was friends with her parents, apparently. And that whole crew at that aforementioned uh, apartment building that still stands up on Highland Boulevard near the Hollywood Bowl, Villa Valentino. Well, Etta didn't have a place there, but she knew half of the tenants from this or that, you know, mm -hmm. and she knew... Kim's wife, uh, Eva's mom, of course, Paula. And they were very, very good friends. And then as a result, she also met Katie Seagal, mm -hmm. my old buddy. Right. And and at that time, that's right. Katie Seagal's husband of that time, who I had introduced her to, is named Freddie Beckmeyer. And they were married, living next door to Paula and Kim. And Freddie Beckmeyer, I asked to come and play with Etta James. And this is like 1976. Oh, wow. And he was from Philly. And uh, so that's part of it. I mean, Etta was, of course, close with the people that she had in her band. And soon Katie Seagal sang with Etta James. 
Oh my another, gosh. Another it's, three years later, Katie was in the band too. Okay, it's genuinely all in the family. And now it's you, very you mentioned, I think last week after show, that you are a godfather to one of her children. I am. I'm the godfather. <laughs> yeah. which, which son of hers? Uh, Etta had two sons, uh, the first named Danto and the second named Sameto. Uh, Danto was about four years old when I joined her band. And mm-hmm. years after that, uh, Meto was born, as we call him, Meto. And uh, gosh, we have great memories of him as just a newborn, just a toddler swimming in the pools together. And I used to call him my little water bug. And I still do. We still talk. Oh, and, nice. and he'll sign off with your little water bug. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's so am, super I, cute. I'm a godfather. And uh, yeah, yeah. He's a lovely, lovely dude. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe. And this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com.
With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. I can't believe that we are this far into this interview and I've really not even talked about the ridiculously amazing badass women that uh, Eva has shared the stage with. I mean, Gwen, uh, Gwen Stefani, Pink, Cher. I mean, one thing that I really love is that all of these women are welcoming of other women on stage. Because that seemed to be that seems to be a problem in the industry where there's that competition, you know, women not wanting that competition on stage. Eva talks about it quite a bit. I've heard that story often, sadly, yeah. uh, you know, but these women brought it, you know, I mean, they, they welcome it. They want to see other women shine. Is that do you see that happen in the industry? Is that just a shitty girl thing or does that happen in guy bands, too? Or like, where are we at on that? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I've really seen it, but then I don't look through the same eyes as a woman would. And right. maybe that goes back to the, uh, that, you know, just me supposing the supposition that maybe um, Eva was desirous of, of an education in music as one more arrow in her quiver. Maybe she sensed that she could have trouble with some female band leaders Mm -hmm. and other musicians in a band being a female as the new girl in the band, like the new kid in school, because she's pretty looking and Mm -hmm. very talented and very shiny and very positive. Totally. She kind of probably felt like she needed uh, some more warriors within her to call on. And she decided education. So I haven't really seen that myself because I'm looking through different eyes as a man. But uh, I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, Pink, Gwen Stefani, and Cher are three very confident women. Oh, completely. And they are the opposite of insecure. And yes, they would probably see Eva or any talented woman as a value add, not as a distraction. Right. And that that just doesn't happen with guys, though, it sounds like. I mean, guys are just cool with other guys like being on stage. Yeah, you just don't want anyone that looks hotter than you. You just got, you know, just got to keep it real. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah, guys are a little different in that way. You know, we uh, we have each other's backs for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> girls should take a lesson. Yeah, girls. <laughs> Come on, girls. Check it out. <laughs> no, so also the really cool thing about Pink, which I was a little bit taken aback by. I mean, I don't know Pink at all, but I thought this was really cool. I, I didn't see this coming, that she is a, like a very bonding leader of the band and plans barbecues and plans birthdays and really wants the band to be getting together and be friends. And Eva says that they genuinely are like a family family off off stage and and outside of tours how in Steve Lukather talks about this as well is that you have to be able to hang with the bands but we didn't really get into you with Paul and your other bands has that been a thing with you do you guys get together quite a bit outside of the shows it's been the case in most of the bands I've been with Mm, and I think back to um many of them from Etta James and we were talking last time uh, last time we met about the casual barbecues out by her place on Athens Boulevard. 
Um, and many of the other bands I've been with, Laura Br- Laura Branigan's band while on tour, we had a softball team. Oh, you, you know? did? Oh, that's yeah, cute. Yeah, and we ruled because we had a couple ringers in the band. <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't me. But I, I, I held my own, but I wasn't what you would call a ringer. At least I didn't have to say it. I wasn't a liability, but I was not a <laughs> ringer. Anyway, super fun. And I think that, you know, touring, uh, you better be able to hang or right. or it's brutal. Right. You know, because, you know, cliques will form in the case of Pink. And we only really spoke about that one in her career because it's her current family. It's right, her exactly. current tour family. Right. I would imagine that uh, Cher and Gwen Stefani had raging, wonderful di- dinner parties and hangs as well. Oh, I'm positive. Yeah. But uh, Pink is, you know, she's like apparently just a lot of fun you know yeah no i mean it, it sounds that way uh okay so we we speaking of fun we've got to get to eva's most embarrassing moment because i was crying i i'm not sure if you could actually hear me on the interview but i was dying laughing when she was telling this story i had to walk into another room uh but tell me how does one put their head in a bass drum For those of us, we know that there's that Mylar thing, you know, on the front that has a logo. But where does one's head go if you want to stick your head in the bass drum? For people who don't know out there, the bass drum in a drum set is the great big one that you're looking straight at. You know, that you see the drum head or skin facing and it often has the band's logo on it. Um, Well, what you might not know is they cut a head-sized hole in in the bass drum, perfectly round, not shaped like a head, and sometimes not quite as big as a head, uh, through which to place uh, the cable that goes to the microphone that gives the sound to the sound man from the kick drum, the kick drum microphone. So inside that kick drum will also be maybe a sandbag or a pillow or, you know. <laughs> maybe that's what she was going for, the pillow. <laughs> she was going, she wanted a nap. She, there was just a nice feathery pillow. So anyway, she in, uh, you know, what could be a, a cutting room floor scene cut from Spinal Tap decided the thing to do was I can't get enough kick drum. I will prove that. And the drums are often up on a riser. So it's not like you have to be on your hands and knees to do this. Right, right. It's it's not quite... (laughs) I'm going to get you going again. It was not quite as awkward as you might think. It's not like her tuchus is up in the air and she her head's down on the ground. Well, if you check out our social media, one of the pictures we put up is her right by the the bass drum, like okay. right by the drum kit. So you can see how they elevate it and okay. you can see where her head may find her way in, but it's very awkward. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> go look at our social medias. Right now, all of them... You will see her not with her head in the bass drum, but standing right behind it, right beside <laughs> it. So you can see how this might happen. Well, she stuck her head in that hole just to see if she could get even more kick drum, because that's what, as a bass player, you're married to. You're married to the drums and specifically... To the beat. The kick drum. Mm. Mm. Then she gets stuck, and she, but she somehow keeps playing. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, would you think you could do that? I wouldn't do that. But um, 
You wouldn't uh, put your head in the bass drum or you wouldn't keep playing once you put your head in the bass drum? My head's too big. No, (laughs) I do have a fairly big head. No jokes. No. (laughs) I'm holding my tongue. Okay. So, uh, well, she decided that was the thing to do. (laughs) In doing so, she couldn't extricate herself from the bass drum. (laughs) She was just left with her head in there. It would come out like a dog in a fence. It's so cute. I did not envy you during that uh, interview because, like I said, I had to run out of the room and you spit out your water. It was like we were all a hot mess during that story. It's I did hear some hysteric. wheezing, like from you from the other room. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did not have it together. So so funny. Okay, so we are going to wrap it up now with the audience questions uh, and then our lightning round. Okay. All right. So couple audience questions for you. Before tours, do you always have rehearsals the week before you go out? Or are you guys rehearsing together, rehearsing separately? Kind of how does that work before big tours? Well, it's different for every band. Um, In the case of uh, Paul's band, what used to happen is the band would get together for five or six days and run through the songs that Paul has named, the newer songs that he wants to run through, new and old. And uh, from his giant career you know whether it's solo or wings or his former band right uh his other former band um but uh you know and then the band would get comfortable with that stuff because there's a lot to learn there's vocals to learn you know who plays what and a little bit of that is sausage making so uh we we kind of figured that we would like to get enough of that done so paul doesn't you know like to keep things moving right so we don't get bogged down figuring little stuff out uh, but in the case of our more recent tours for the last, say, eight, 10 years, we just get together and bang them out from note one, a new song from 1967 or 1978, you know, whatever. So the rehearsals at this point are not overly grueling, it doesn't sound like, because you guys have pretty much played everything, at least at some point. Right. Um, you know, it's work. We yeah. Our rehearsals are... Uh, real work. We we work for a good six, seven hours every time we get together. Wow. We take a little lunch break. But, you know, um, it's not just all rainbows and toadstools. It's, it's serious work. And you're standing up for all that time. And you're wearing a, you know, eight to 12 pound instrument over your shoulder. Right, of course. And singing and you know, staying on it. and Well, and you kind of got to be in shape, too. That, too. Yeah. I mean, you need to, like, make sure that you're, like, in shape enough to play a three-hour show, ultimately. And, you know, that it's just, it's a lot. Um, all right, so lightning round. We have talked a lot about some very serious badass women in this episode. In your opinion, dead or alive, most impressive female artist? Well, I'm going to have to say Etta James. Mm, I mean, I'm sorry. I thought so. I'm so biased, but... You know, she was just a wonder to me. Yeah. Remarkable. And so much of it was also knowing her story and and the struggles from which she arose. Right. Yeah. So I would say Etta James. All right. Bigger obsession. Shoes or sunglasses? Oh, sunglasses. (laughs) Do we know how many pairs of sunglasses you have? No. Do you care to take a guess on this episode? No. No. The funniest thing, though, Brian comes in and he says, oh, man, I've lost my favorite pair of sunglasses. And my response was, what? Good thing you have 500 other pairs of sunglasses. (laughs) Good point. I forgot. (laughs) All right. Well, Eva Gardner, thank you so much. Awesome, awesome interview. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and do so. 
if for nothing else, her hysterical head in the drum story. I mean, it's yeah, it's one of a kind. You've got to hear it. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you, everyone, for listening. On Tour and the After Show are productions of iHeartRadio and Black Barrel Media. This show is produced by me, Mandy Wimmer, with executive producer Noel Brown. For more information about On Tour, visit our website, blackbarrelmedia.com. For behind-the-scenes photos from these interviews or to submit questions for the After Show, visit our social media at OnTourPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more shows from iHeartRadio and Black Barrel Media, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.